The following program is filled with life-sustaining information for being a good human being. It's also full of shaming for bad humans. Sprinkle in an abundance of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, and the rest of the Lucky Charms alphabet. And you have the Gay BC Happy Hour. Hosted by a couple of fabulous unicorns who just can't help themselves from farting glitter wherever they go. Ladies and gentlemen, and those with pronouns I'm still learning about, here are your bi, coastal friends, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac. Hello, hello. Welcome to the happy hour. Um, hope your week has been going well so far. Um, we are recording this one, but this is a fresh episode for you. Um, and we have not only our illustrious co-host Johnny Mac, but we've got a special guest this week. We do indeed, and he has been here before. I think we've had him on a couple of occasions with us, and he'll be here again because there's so much more to talk about with him than what we're going to get the opportunity to talk about on this week's show. But the stuff he's coming armed with today is stuff that we all want to talk about this time of year. Uh, well, all year long, mm-hmm. really, but especially at this time of year. And it is my pleasure to welcome back friend of the show, Tom Riley. Thanks, Tom, John. How are you? I'm doing awesome, and I'm excited to share all my geekness and all my film geekness <laughs> with the audience today. Well, that's good. We're going to talk about technology stuff. Uh, in full disclosure, when I was at Sirius Satellite Radio, Tom and I used to spend our Tuesdays together on the air across the country talking with the LGBTQ community about technology on a segment that we did called Tech Toy Tuesday. And it was always fun because we had so many different devices and um, different things that were byproducts of technology that were featured on the program. And it was really one of my favorite times of the week when we would get together and talk about this stuff. And it really wound people up, I think, because we had a lot of people call in and ask questions about their, their geekery. Mostly truckers. Yeah, indeed it was. <laughs> no, that was the very beginning of Sirius uh, yeah. Satellite Radio when a lot of the audience uh, were truckers because the value proposition made sense to them right away. Yeah, indeed. So um, so we're going to talk today about uh, technology in particular that you should uh, know is out on, on the, uh, right on the cusp of being released or has been released. Uh, we'll talk about the new Apple products, among other things that are coming out, and uh, I think also a new phone from Google. And we're also going to get an opportunity uh, to talk about some other gadgets and goodies that you might want to think about as gift-giving ideas this holiday season. And that was part of the reason we thought this would be a perfect time to have Tom in while we were recording an episode for this week uh, because he would be able to add a lot of inside food for thought for us to think about what to go buy for that person who's impossible to buy for. And then next hour, um, we're going to talk about entertainment. And it'll be both mainstream and LGBTQ entertainment, uh, stuff that's coming out uh, on streaming and and films that are coming out in theaters and such. Uh, So please uh, do not step away from this episode you're going to enjoy it uh, from start to finish. And we will, of course, have uh, our regular segments on products and services that we recommend or don't. Uh, and Richie will be busy before we conclude this program at the, um, well, at the GBC Happy Hour Tiki Bar. Uh, he'll be stirring up a few cocktails for us tonight. So, or mocktails. 
So that's what's, exactly. that's what's in store for you on this week's edition of the Happy Hour. Richie. Yeah, and so, and, you know, I think if we have enough time, we might also get a little bit into vegan and vegetarian cookery, um, which is something that I've been getting into recently, and I'm very focused on, and um, and our illustrious guest, uh, Mr. Riley, is, uh, is a practicing vegan, so figured that that might be a fun topic. But yeah, um, there's a lot of new, I mean, Apple recently had their, um, you know, their keynote address and introduced a bunch of new products um and we've got some new phones amongst some other things and so yeah i mean uh i i must admit i am probably due for an update i have i still have my iphone 11 um so uh you know which uh when was that it from still like 1992 yeah, no, I know it's 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 a flip phone basically at this oh, okay. point. But um, <laughs> but yeah. So so Tom, uh, walk us through some of the some of the new stuff that's coming out for tech lovers like me. Uh, and I'm an Apple head since the very first Macintosh I had in my dorm room. Believe it or not, in 1984. That means I'm old. Uh, the f- fall is a very exciting time because Apple comes out traditionally with their iPhone and a couple products around it. And then Google falls about a week later with their phone and some products around it. And this year's an interesting interesting year. The most important thing to know about tech uh, this year is nothing is gigantically different than before. So I'm going to tell you about the phone, and then I'm going to tell you who should buy it and who shouldn't uh, buy it, or at least unless they're rich, and then they can buy the new one. Okay, so let's talk about the iPhone 15 and there's also a version of it that's larger called the iPhone 15 Plus, and then there's the iPhone Pro and the iPhone Pro Max. And that is the biggest, flashiest, coolest one that always has the latest features. So these phones really haven't changed much since last year. And if you have a 14 or a 13 uh, iPhone of any kind, I don't think it's worth upgrading. Um, However, if you have a loser phone like the 11 uh, or... (laughs) <laughs> or the 12 um, uh, or the 12 or anything or any of the 10s it is good time to upgrade um let me tell you about a l- little bit about the phone first it it, it you know the, the funny thing is you, you can sort of say the same thing as last year it has an amazing screen it has uh pretty you know all day battery life it has a incredibly fast processor but honestly for most people fast processors don't mean a damn thing um and you can you know, basically, they have their new proprietary chips that they make. They don't buy chips from other people anymore. And so that that means they can make the hardware and the software work closely together and it will work great. Um, I think that the iPhone 15 is great it, if you have an older phone. <laughs> and the what's great about the, these cameras, I call them cameras, not phones, because we almost use them more for cameras than we do as phones. But what's really stands out about these newer phones that's 13 14 15 and i wouldn't if you're going to buy a phone think about the logic right how long are you going to keep it if you're just going to keep it a couple years get the cheapest one but if you're going to keep it three years or more you can get a more expensive uh model and sort of amortize that in your mind across that many years so the cost of the phone is really you know maybe it's 300 dollars a year for a pretty expensive one or uh or uh, you know, $150 a year for a pretty cheap one. And so 
the whole idea there is keep keep the phones uh, for a while, and then when you're dying, uh, when there's something else that's just magic that makes you want to upgrade, then go for it. And what makes you want to upgrade for me uh, from those earlier phones is the quality of the cameras. They they don't just have lenses that take great pictures. They also have really, really sophisticated software that looks at the picture you just took and tries to make it better for you. And for the most part, uh, it does. You know, sometimes it drives real photographers nuts, and they can shoot in a special kind of format called RAW. Um, no, not that RAW. And it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, but anyway, the, the, the cameras are so good. They're such a qualitatively big difference between the 10 and 11 and then and the 12 and then the 13 14 15 13s when they really started getting these amazing cameras and they're not just for the front and that's just for the back they're also for the front as well and so the selfies have gotten a lot better and i don't know i think that's any phone can make calls right but can a phone have um amazing imagery make can it make great images and What's cool about the Apple world is when you take images on your phone, it automatically backs them up to the cloud. So you'll, you won't lose them if you lose your phone, which I think is a particularly swell thing. And it comes with all the Apple apps that you're used to, like mail and browser and, um, uh, sorry, and, uh, you know, calculator and uh, <coughs> calculator and calendar and et cetera, et cetera. And then, of course, you customize it with your, your new applications. Uh, but you just download from the web for free. Uh, you know, you of course could do, you could do all of that on Google too. All of the applications, and they are also doing software enhancing to their phones as well. The the other thing it's gr- great for is the camera is really good. Um, beside the camera, the the sound is really good. And if you're playing back music, almost certainly you'll be doing it with headphones. But if you somehow need to not do it they they sound pretty passable for tiny tiny little scre- speakers and what apple's always done is they've made it so there's like a, a grid of four choices right there's the new iphone 15 the new iphone with the same tech as the iphone 15 but it's called plus because it's got a bigger screen and then there's the super advanced iphone pro and then they make the I- iphone pro max on top of that and the the idea is you can find yourself somewhere amongst those choices. I don't think people have to buy necessarily this year's. They could buy the 14, which is much cheaper now, but you don't buy anything smaller than that by any chance of imagination. So so I, I have a question, which is because, you know, as far as, you know, it definitely seems like the iPhone, um, you know, over the past couple of years, each sort of new edition is sort of iteratively better in terms of you know the specs and the camera and obviously the the software keeps in, in improving but you know with the kind of departure a number of years ago of Johnny Ive um do you think Apple's going to actually do they have the sort of the the personnel in place to do anything really radically interesting hardware wise with the phone or is it kind of stuck where it's at because it feels very static to me well, that's a really good question. Um, Johnny Ives' uh, deputy is still there, and he's the running the organization, and he's got the same value system and process. Um, I think it's whenever you have a product that makes that much money for a corporation, a mm-hmm. giant corporation, it is hard to change it because everyone's like, don't do anything different because it's going to affect what's selling already. Well, hold on to that thought for a second. Um, 
because for the uninitiated here, uh, talk to us about who Johnny Ives and his apartment is. Absolutely. Johnny Ive is a British industrial designer who Apple lured from his practice in England to come design a lot of uh, products for Apple. I mean, he was the head of the design, the head of the whole studio. And they, he built this studio that had an unparalleled bench depth of talent. And yeah. the first the first product he designed was the um, iMac, uh, the iMac that was the the translucent blue. The rainbow ones. The, yeah, the rainbow, right before that one generation yeah. before, but the same shape. Right. And uh, that was considered with, you know, keeping Apple from dying. That those were so successful, and they that was just when Steve came back, Steve Jobs, the mm-hmm. former CEO, and uh, and then so Jonathan built this envious, uh, enviable, um, enviable group, and then eventually I think he just wanted to go out on his own, and it also has got to be difficult when you're a designer dude to deal with in a giant corporation. Um, yeah, go ahead, and it almost seemed like he, I think that in some ways, um, it it made sort of natural sense that he might want to kind of go out on his own because he had i think in some ways kind of reached terminal velocity because he's he was obviously so in brown company Dieter rams and Dieter rams had this kind of um design philosophy that was so um so influential to ive and with the apple products like the macbook and these kind of like almost elemental shapes and kind of extreme simplicity of design so it's like he kind of did it's like he kind of reached this point where the the products were were so spare and so kind of almost like geometrically perfect then it's like what do you do where do you go like you kind of have to like make a a big jump to to go from these things that are just these kind of like undeniably perfect you know sort of industrial design objects right well he actually left and started his own design firm, which is based in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Sorry, San Francisco and London. And one of my friends actually worked there, who's an amazing human interface designer. It's called Love From. And uh, mm. the partner is Apple industrial designer Mark Newsom. They work together. And yeah. uh, they, they guess who their largest client is? It's Apple. So I, 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 <laughs> makes sense. sense. And Mark Newsom too is is another one of these designers um, who kind of it's interesting, you know. And and I don't want to get too much into the weeds um, on our show, but um, you know when you look at his design language is really um, it's it's quite different than Johnny Ives. It, it, they're the shapes are different, um, but it has it has that same level of refinement. Um, and it's it's funny because it's so when you know you're a longtime Mac head, when you look at the old the old design, the kind of frog design, kind of like the classic um, Two, Mac design. The Apple Two C, Johnny, I've iconic example really, of that. Yeah, uh, of not of his, but of Harmit Essinger, who is the head of frog design. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and so you you, you see you see the kind of the, and and what it all speaks to is a company that is paying attention to design as an important element that yeah. designers can shape the, 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 what the company is doing, you know, whether it's frog design, whether it's Johnny Ive, that they're not just making boxes, they're making beautiful things. And everybody else has tried to catch up with Apple. Everybody is copying them and aping them or trying to be a little bit different, but they're not doing well. By the way, the, 
Ive is no longer working with Apple. They were for several years, but not not anymore. But the the most interesting to say, thing to say about him, and let's go back to the phones because that's what customers probably care about more, is um, he and the guy who founded OpenAI, who's gay, uh, what's his name? It eludes me for the moment. Uh, but anyway, they're working on a, potentially working on a, a an AI hardware device. Hmm. Nobody knows what it is, but this investor from Japan, uh, Masa uh, Sun, is talking about putting a billion dollars. Oh, oh, is the SoftBank guy? Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah. He can. <laughs> he has plenty of money to throw around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're going to continue this conversation, and if uh, you would like to send your thoughts your uh, inquiries and such even though we're doing a pre-recorded show this week you're always welcome to send us email to feedback at gbchappyhour.com that's feedback at gbchappyhour.com and we'll pass that on to tom and we'll get back to you or we'll address it on an upcoming episode stay with us we're going to talk more about technology with tom riley I'm Johnny Mack, and Richie Roy is here, and we're glad to have you with us. gbc.com this is the happy hour with your hosts richie roy and johnny mack your source for conversation current events culture and all things lgbtq <laughs> welcome back everyone and uh, welcome back to the happy hour we are here with our special guest tom riley and um the wonderful and uh irrepressible johnny mack and we are talking tech Indeed, we are. Uh, so Do I still have to pay you to say those things. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you know, you know my Zelle account. So, um, Zelle. <laughs> so, so, so you were, um, you were talking just a few minutes ago, Tom, about uh, the fact that there could be a future product coming that is an AI product. Yeah, it's from the openly gay uh, CEO of OpenAI, which is behind chap gpt one two three four now and johnny ives who's most definitely not gay he has he used to live in noe valley right around the corner from me uh and uh it's just talk it's just a rumor it's not real yet but if you think about it if you could divide if you could devise from scratch what kind of electronic product would be hardware product would be super useful that has ai and one thing i can predict is it will be small it's not going to be a big box or a size of a laptop. It'll be something that you can put on your pocket or clip on your belt or, or something like that. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty exciting. I don't know if you guys, uh, all the listeners, it's worth paying attention to uh, uh, OpenAI and downloading or getting a free membership from some of those organizations and, and trying it out because it's just, it's like watching magic happen. 
Um, yes, there's lots of scary consequences, but you're going to need to understand what they are. So I, I recommend highly that we do it. Let's and and I and definitely it's worth checking it out now um, because I think there's uh, and I'm sure they're all dealing with the this possibility, but the gray goo problem. I mean, once the AIs start to populate the web, and then the AIs are learning from AI created content, um, you know that's that's going to be a different thing, right? Because I think that the previous, at least I know ChatGPT three was learning from a a, a a set of data that was pre AI. And, uh, you know, once uh, I, I would just think it'd be interesting to, you know, to think about AI's learning once AI's are also creating content. That's almost a whole nother show because there's it, it takes step by step. But here's one thing I can tell you that it's easier to join a revolution at the beginning and start to master it. And then it gets a little better and you can master that and it gets a little better and you master that. And by the time it's like super advanced, you know everything or know a whole lot more than people who didn't pay attention and are trying to get on late in the game. Um, you know, I'm just, I, I just, this analogy applies for me and Slack. <laughs> but I think <laughs> I, I, I finally figured out. Well, let's just wrap up uh, on the iPhones, the new iPhones. The basic idea is, all four of them are going to be great phones. All four of them are going to take great pictures. Uh, I recommend that you get at least 256 gig of storage. Not, 128 kind, might fill up a little bit fast um, because of the pictures. Uh, and just know, but, but they're all going to do great. I mean, the, the, the truth is they're all going to do great. And, and, and last year's model, the 14, is still available at a lower price. And I think the 14 is absolutely fine as well so the, you know the truth is is you can't go wrong they're all great phones let's come back next year and maybe i'll have something really truly different to say okay so there is one different thing uh, amongst the four phones and that's on the iphone pro max which usually gets the new features and it has a little periscope on the inside and a prism on the top of the periscope so the pris the, the periscope's going up and down in the phone and the prism is turning it 90 degrees and aiming it out at whatever you're trying to take a picture of. And because of that, you can have a true 6X optical zoom. And that's pretty, I think that you might be able to get that on a Samsung phone on one of them, but it's an expensive one. Anyway, that's the most expensive phone. That's the biggest different thing. You know, they, they batteries last a little longer. The screen's a little better. It, you know, it, it's all the, it's the same. And, but here's the deal. If you are, iPhone 12 or earlier, it's time to upgrade. Get a 14 or 15, whatever size you want, whatever your budget permits. And know that uh, Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile have all kinds of deals where they'll help you get the phone for a cheap price, but you agree to stay with them for a while. Um, well, actually, it's not locked in as much. But anyway, you, you, you're basically going to buy a phone plan from them or they're not going to do it. Uh, that's a good deal. And then my favorite way of buying uh an iPhone is something called the iPhone upgrade plan, which you get from Apple. And there's a credit check. Uh, it's not that big of a deal. And it splits your iPhone payments into 24. So, but there's a catch. So you just pay your bill, auto pay. You do have to have an Apple card to do it, which is another thing, but they barely turn down anybody um, on, on the Apple card. But here's, here's the deal. After 12 months payments, you can trade it in for the next year's phone. And then pay 12 month payments on that and trade it in for the next next phone. And so basically you're leasing your phone instead of buying it. But if you think about it, that's fine. And so the iPhone upgrade program is, a, I think, pretty good. Um, 
And, you know, right now there's not many uh, discounts if you buy it outright, but there, there will be. But here's the great news is Apple's phones hold their value incredibly well. So if you want to get a new 15 or 14, you can trade in your old phone and you'll actually get something for it. Even the hundred, I, I looked up the iPhone X, which is the 10. It's $120. The iPhone XS, $140. iPhone XR, $140. And those are really old phones. So Apple, yeah. the, the fact that they'll recycle and, and, and most of the phone carriers will as well. So anyway, hopefully I've given you the, the secret. So you can't go wrong with an Apple phone, really. And the inexpensive ones are going to do great for you too well there are those who refuse to uh, take a bite of the fruit and insist on staying in the android world and for those we want to offer them uh some options as well yeah. this, this holiday we, we, season. Ca we call them the green bubbles yeah i mean nobody's perfect right <laughs> we'll do all that as we continue with more of the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mack, and our guest with us this evening is Tom Riley. Stay with us. From GayBC.com, this is the Happy Hour with your hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mack, your source for conversation, current events, culture, and all things LGBTQ. Welcome back, everyone. Um, and we are doing some tech talk and having a good time with our special guest, Tom Riley, and our wonderful co-host, Johnny Mack. I'm so tired of having fights with people over iPhone versus Android. Go ahead, ruin my day. Tell me something good about one of those other phones. Oh boy. Here's the deal. <laughs> Three quarters of the phones in the world use Android. Really? Yeah. Three most, most phones... You know, this is like knowing that there's 75 million people out there who voted for Trump. Right. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Android is a very capable operating system and it keeps getting better it was terrible for the first several years but then again the apple uh, iphone os wasn't so hot at the beginning either although way better anyway it's now become much more polished um and you can get uh a phone in india or china uh for 20 bucks that's an android phone hmm. and the the trick with android is always can you upgrade it um they don't have as much, Apple is very committed to keep carrying along the customers from several years ago and letting them put the new versions of the operating system on the older phones. Uh, it's a little trickier with Android, and Android also licenses to other companies like Samsung, and then Samsung wants to change Android to make it more Samsung-like, and then it's not compatible, and blah, blah, blah. But here's the deal. If you do 
so anyway, you can get really cheap. Like on Amazon, there today, there's a blue something phone. It's like 50 bucks, 30 bucks that has Android. And I've used them in Africa, and they work fine. Hmm. Totally fine. Because, you know, if you want to make calls, if you want to use Facebook, what's called Facebook Basics, which is what people in developing world mostly have. And... Um, Why would you do that, by the way? Is the uh, African continent uh, Apple-phobic? No, too expensive. Oh. Okay. I mean, way too expensive. And uh, and also Apple's just does not have any market share there. Uh, maybe a little bit in Nairobi, a little bit in Cairo, a little bit in Accra or, or Lagos, maybe a little bit in Johannesburg, but not serious. You, it's a pain in the butt. Anyway, the, if you're going to buy an Android phone, you can eat, there are two strategies. One is buy something cheap online, you know, from Alibaba or from Amazon or wherever and know that it's not going to last very long. You're going to use it. If you might drop it, it might break it, whatever. You didn't pay very much for it, so it doesn't matter. <coughs> or you can buy the best, the best Android phones, which is from Google. It's called the Pixel phone. And they've been getting a lot better every year. Last year, it was a particularly notable year because they, they unveiled some software technology. It made it possible to render people's races, their colors, more accurately. So some software, as I was telling you, that there's a lot of software processing, would turn Asian people into white people and Latino people into white people. And then for black people to make their skin, like make their whole face look really black. Like, like I can't see it. And a little more subtle than that, but I exaggerated to make the point. And anyway, they made this software that's actually worked really well. Mm. And uh, representing uh, people of color the way they deserve to be. Uh, Authentically. Yeah, exactly. And so that tech is built into this year's phone. I'm afraid I'm about to tell you the same thing. The Pixel 8 and the Pixel 8 Pro are fantastic phones. They just are. They have great displays. They have great resolution on the displays, really nice brightness. Uh, and they have, uh, you know, an all-day battery. And, uh, you know, and, and it basically does everything an iPhone does. Uh, it's just that some people are in the Android world, and they if they want to be in the Android world, that's fair. I just think that... Um, and it's got some really nice stuff. It's like it's fast charging. So for th in 30 minutes, it will charge half the way, which is pretty pretty nice. And uh, and it lets you use the phone to charge somebody else's phone from the from your battery, which mm -hmm. is kind of a nice thing to be able to do. And it's the thing I there's two there's something I really love about them, and that, that's design. I think most Android phones are really ugly because they're just they're not design is not their their goal. Forte. Yeah. No, they're not even trying. They're just like, we're just making a phone. But uh, they've designed a, a phone that comes in three cool colors. One's obsidian, which means black, porcelain, which means white, and bay, which means blue. Uh, but their solution to the camera bumps on the back is way more elegant than Apple's in, in some ways. Um, and that's because it looks like a, two pieces of chewing gum on top of each other about a quarter of the way down the back of the phone and all the lenses are behind that little that little bump but there's no lenses protruding at all so there's no like surfaces to snag on and stuff and i think it i think it looks really nice um i and it's 
quite an engineering feat to make that work. Uh, so anyway, I, that's become the sort of most dis- defining um, hardware keeper. Sorry. <laughs> characteristic and i uh i would definitely oh and of course guess what i'm going to tell you the cameras are great <laughs> the <laughs> the wide camera is great the ultra wide camera with autofocus is great the telephoto camera is great and and it's true because because google really put a lot of energy into improving their cameras over the last three years and uh so i gotta say i have respect for these phones they're between I think they're seven hundred and a thousand dollars for the regular and the pro, and uh, there's not. I don't know if there's as many kind of special deals to get them. I suppose there are. I suppose at the at the carriers there probably are special deals. Mm-hmm. But if I were going to buy a Google phone, I would buy the Pixel Eight. I would personally get the Pixel Eight Pro. And remember, I said two three weeks ago was Apple then Google the next couple of weeks and then they're about to ship. And so this is very predictable every fall, but that's not all they release. So I can tell you when you're ready about some watches. Yeah, absolutely. And actually I, I here's, I'd like to ask a question because anything I, I would like to know. So I had, I got the first Apple watch when it first came out and I didn't, it didn't, I didn't really get it. It didn't make much sense for me. And since then, I've never understood the value proposition of the Apple Watch. So as someone who's kind of a little bit of a Luddite when it comes to these watches, what what is why why a watch just like just from basics? Like why why are the why is this something anyone needs to have? Richie, you can't call yourself a Luddite when you can expound upon open AI. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) But here I can tell you about a watch. I also bought the very first generation of Apple Watch and. It was, you know, a good first try. Almost always the first version of any new technology you shouldn't buy because they're still figuring out what it is. Apple learned about by the third set of watches that what people want is fitness. And so it has very evolved software that lets you measure. Like, for example, when I'm swimming in the water, it accurately records my calories, my distance, my rate, etc., and it works every time. It's perfect. And it does that for running, bicycling, jogging, hiking, and all this like workout stuff like judo and and probably 30 other sports. And that's people like that. They also want it for outdoors, which is related to okay, sports. Okay, hold on. I'm going to take my watch down to the garbage can and just drop it now. <laughs> yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> well, they... You know, there's you can get an Apple Watch for $250 now. It's not I wouldn't recommend it cuz it's not the newest technology, but you can. So fitness is one, and then I think people use it a lot for uh reminders and you know, notifications. Sorry, yeah, reminders and alerts and stuff like that. And then what I use it for is I have my text messages and alerts from email and from uh Various other platforms I have, Artifact, a bunch of other things, and they just come as little notifications, and I can just glance at them super fast, and if it's not important, I don't have to deal with them, and if it is important, I can deal with them right away. And the other thing that's wonderful is I, if you get the version that has a cellular phone in it, which is an extra 20 bucks a month in your service provider for the most part, uh, you can take calls on the phone. Mm. Uh, 
Oh, you can do that on the Wi-Fi only one too. As, you can. As long as you have your phone with you. And I, I do that. I mean, really the only useful thing that I have mine for is to um, come across like, uh, I don't know, like uh, <laughs> Dick Tracy. Right. You know, well, but uh, yeah, for, for me, the, the thing that, that, that I didn't, that didn't work for me was the Taptic engine. Um, I, I felt phantom taps for months after I put that phone away. I swear that the tip, 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 tip Taptic taps, engine but for, for listeners is, is uh, a technology that lets you feel like you're pressing a button and it gives you feedback like you did, except that there's no button there at all. Go ahead. Sorry. But yeah, no, it's just, it was, it was funny. Cause I, when I, I was wearing it, this is when I worked at the firm and I was, I was getting so many emails and messages, you know, on a regular basis that my, my, my wrist was just tapping like every right. 10 seconds. It was like tap, 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 tap. And it was so stressful yeah. to me. I put there, the phone away and I felt taps for like a month, like without even wearing the watch. Understood. Yeah. So you can customize your notifications pretty easily now. So if you don't want the taps, you don't have to get the taps. I don't, I don't get them. I just, I just have them show up. I don't even have them. You, you can, there's a million ways to get the uh, notifications. So there's something else that's really good about the Apple watch, which is crash detection and, um, and uh, SOS emergency. So there are two features mm -hmm. that are pretty cool. One is if, especially if your phone service or if your iPhone is charged, um, and you get into a crash, it will ask you, it looks like you're in a crash. And if you don't say something or push a button, it'll call 911 for you and know where you are, which is, that's pretty good. And then the other thing is, is if you're out hiking in the middle of the wilderness and you are lost, 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 if you can find a view of the sky, you can, you can piggyback off of one of the commercial satellites and it will let you text message back and forth with the first responder who can come and rescue you. And both of those technologies have saved a lot of lives. And they're, you're like, I don't even, I don't even, who, who cares? But no, that is, that is cool. That yeah. is actually cool. Cause I remember I was obsessed with Breitling used to make a watch that had, um, that, that was a, that was basically for like, you know, ex intrepid explorers. And it had a thing where you could pull, like, you know, pull a tab and it would, it would con, it would basically do like a beacon and use like satellites to to alert people to where you're at. And I was like, that's pretty cool. So yeah, like the it, idea that now that you can have a sort of satellite, you know, sort of link access for emergency purposes, that is actually really interesting. And what's uh, what's kind of amazing is these are geosynchronous satellites, so they hand off as the Earth turns. Right. And the uh, software on the Apple Watch, which is tiny, remember can figure out which satellite is there and set up a connection. And if it, if it goes over, it can zap you to the next one. And that's pretty sophisticated in a tiny little thing. So if yeah. I'm not saying, oh, oh, it, but sorry, there's even another warning. There's a, your heart is in defibrillation mode. Yeah, I've had that. Yeah, really? Well, it has inaccurately picked it up, but, but it was nice to know that it <laughs> picks that up. Yeah. So there was a malfunction, but I saw it actually do that at one time, which drew my attention immediately, and then yeah. I, you know, got proper. So I said checked. fitness. I should have said f health and fitness. Health. Yeah. Health and fitness. Because yeah. the health side is is amazing, and I, uh, I, 
for me, you know, I've been on quite a health journey in the last year, all good. And it turns out I find that having all the statistics about what am I eating? How am I, much am I exercising? Do I sleep well? Whatever. Oh, what well, does sleep tracking as well? Sorry. So health yeah. and fitness is the answer. I think any Apple Watch is a good deal, but I would buy uh, anyone except the lowest one, SE, because the platform is four out, four years old. Mm. Um, mm. But, but, but anyway, that quantified stuff, quantified self stuff helped me be and remain motivated while I was trying to lose a lot of weight and exercise and do all this other stuff. And so the, I think the Apple watch is, you know, some people might say, well, why do you need to know all that stuff about yourself? But for me, I appreciate the data because if you are measuring, then you can change what you're doing based on the measurement. Fair enough. Absolutely. We're going to continue more of our conversation about techie toys and such with, Tom Riley, our guest on this edition of the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy. I'm Johnny Mack. Thanks for being with us. always laughter and games on the GBC Happy Hour with Richie Roy and Johnny Mack, but when it is, you'll know when it's time to cut them off. Now, back to the beer pong. Uh, I mean show. Boys? <laughs> Welcome back. And, you know, I was just on the on the little break, I was thinking about, because we were talking about Apple phones and Google phones and the sort of the different, um, the the sort of two ecosystems. One of the things that I think is really interesting, though, about the different the two different ecosystems, is I've been burned a number of times by Google, um, as opposed to Apple. Apple tends to really be very um, committed to the technology that they put out there. Google is sort of famously mercurial. They they put things out into the world and then drop them like you know like a like a hot potato and leave people kind of in the lurch you know whether it's things like nest or you know products like google reader or google notes or you know whatever all these different things even the home assistant yeah i mean it's it's just there's there's all these things where google just you know they'll come out with a product and you kind of build it into your lifestyle and then they just they just decide that they're not interested in doing it anymore and they just decommission it um, and I find that, you know, it, it kind of leaves me uh, feeling a little bit gun shy, you know, in terms of buying into the Google ecosystem. No, I think you're absolutely right. That's the biggest gripe against Google is they don't keep providing new versions of the software for the phones and then they become obsolete. 
but you're right. Uh, there are a bunch of li- of uh, Google ho- hardware products that had the same the same problem. I don't get it. I don't understand why, because Apple Apple has a ethos. You know, about, they, they have a framework, and the framework is: is we put something out, we're going to support it for several years, unless it's a complete yeah. utter bomb. Um, and they're not going to just abandon it. And also, you can still get tech support for it. You can still get software, new software for most of the older models. Mm-hmm. And that that ethos is special. It is. But you're paying for it. It's expensive. It costs a lot of money to act that way. But I'd rather pay it and walk into any Apple store and be able to get help anywhere in the world. And, you know, the thing is, because I, I follow a lot of um, vintage tech uh, computer museums and stuff like that. And you see, you know, um, it's sort of a testament to the to the products. Um, people are still in, you know, at home and you know, in museums and stuff. They'll have like a, a, a PowerBook 140, and they still have it loaded up using local talk network to talk to a Mac Classic. Um, you, you know, are these such are a geek. You, I don't. I'm just going to surrender my credentials to you because you, you. I would call you esoterically geeky. <laughs> and I, I understand. I totally understand about that. Yeah, actually, I have a wealthy friend who has an Apple museum in his house. He has a uh, a big. Um, what does he have? He has a he has a big gigantic room. It has one of every Apple thing ever made, or most wow. of one of everything. Certainly, one of every shape of everything. Maybe not every Performa or whatever, but he has things like the Pippin and the, the just yeah. really obscure stuff that never saw the light of day. And he's still trying to get an Apple One, which is a million dollars minimum, mm-hmm. but he has a replica. Anyway, the museum, he took me on a tour one, one time by Zoom and it was uh, unbelievable. Yeah, there are definitely collectors. If I, let's just say, I, if I left my 128 Macintosh in the box from university, <laughs> it's worth... I think a half a million dollars now. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. 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 But I'm not necessarily. We used to have one that sat in a glass case out in the front lobby when I worked at Aldous. And that was, you know, that first generation of the Mac. And, you know, I can't even imagine. We just looked at it as a, you know, piece of uh, relic, you know, piece of junk. <laughs> His museum is worth millions yeah. of dollars. I don't think you'll ever part with it. <laughs> well, but, well, before we went in, or when we went into the last break, I asked Tom uh, about some things that are, you know, in the gadgetry world that might be uh, viable as smaller gift-giving items to people, um, a little more affordable. Sure. So one thing, remember, um, uh, I mentioned that there's cheap phones. There are, even on Amazon, there's phones for 50 bucks or 40 bucks. Some of them are linked to a prepaid account with Verizon or something, but you can find ones that aren't locked at all. But if you want a new phone or you want to especially have a second phone or a phone for a child that's not ready for a iPhone Mm. because they might break it, I think a cheap Android phone is a great suggestion. Now, if you're back in the Apple... Like a a Xiaomi or something. Exactly. And now that we're back in uh, the Apple zone with all three of us have outed ourselves as committed Mac heads, (laughs) Apple heads. Uh, There's a product that I really, really like from Apple called AirTags. And they're cheap. They're $29.95 or they're $100 for four. And what they are is these little disks that you can attach to virtually anything, especially things you might lose like wallets, keys, 
backpacks. I have one in my car. Um, and, you know, it's just like Find My. Yeah. So if you go yeah. and you're looking for something, it'll say where it is. It'll give you a map to where it is. It'll help you find it. It'll give you directions inside your house to get it. And I have one on my cat's collar. <laughs> just, <laughs> just in case he gets out. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not yeah. even... St- I think that's an incredibly great application. Yeah. And uh, I... Um, and anyway, I think they're great, like, for everything. And for... There's a lot of, you know, safety... Ethical concerns about putting them on other people, but I'd consider putting them on my kids, too, so I can just put it in their backpack. I, I've, heard, I've heard people d- doing that, yeah. Like, um, because especially, like, if your kids are, are too young to maybe have a phone of their own... Um, yeah. Uh, if they're, you know, sort of in elementary school or whatever, that an air tag is is something that people are are you know are using for that purpose just to kind of keep track. Um, you know, I in terms of tech toys, this is sort of a little bit of a swerve, but um, the it's the kind of Apple of sous vide circulators is uh, it's called the Jewel. Um, so. Uh, if, for those who don't know, sous vide is a style of cooking where you basically put your food in a Ziploc bag or a vacuum sealed bag, and it heats the the water to a certain temperature and it cooks it in the bag, and it's wonderful. It's actually an amazing technology for heating, especially meats and seafood, um, because you can cook, let's say, you know, four steaks to perfectly medium rare. And um, you can leave it in there for hours, and then when you're ready, you just pull them out, sear them off, and you have perfect steaks. Um, you great are. For this is like food porn, right in the middle of our tech stuff. I'm just kidding. No, but I, it's I, it's I, a tech product. It's 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 called the Jewel, J O U L E. Um, uh, I think Breville, I think owns it now. It used to be Chef Steps, but um, it looks like an Apple product. It looks like this white plastic cylinder um and huh. uh you know it, it, for any foodie in your life um they anyone would love to get this because sous vide is such a fun way of cooking and you and the thing is it has no controls on the device it's all controlled on an app on your phone hmm. um and it's it's a delight so um i would throw that out there for our for our tech um our tech toy uh, review. One other potential Christmas gift that's fun, but if you give it to your kids, you may <laughs> regret doing so. Uh, there are a number of inexpensive drones now that you can fly either. Yeah, you usually fly them from your your app, um, and there's some for ninety nine ninety five, and they you know they're not big and they can't carry anything, but they usually will have a camera in it and be able to transmit it at least a short distance, and they're so fun. They're so amazingly fun. I mean, I don't know if you had remote controlled anything when you were a kid, but I did. And I, I, I've not bought my own, um, my own drone yet, but I, you know, a clone maybe. No, I'm just kidding. I, <laughs> I, I think, it, I think it may in fact, uh, be one of the funner inexpensive gifts that are out there. Neat. You know, I was going to ask too, uh, and we only have a little over a minute left, but uh, I wanted to ask you, because we used to talk about this all the time on the Tech Toy Tuesdays, um, in light of the fact that the phones are so good on, or the cameras are so good on the phones, um, is there still really a marketplace? I think a lot of people um, actually still want to have regular 
like digital SLR cameras. It's much smaller market. So, yeah. It, so, but, but, go ahead. Uh, but I, I mean, I, I, I actually, I'm very invested in this right now. I, I just bought myself a, a camera. It's not SLRs are kind of over in a lot of respects. Mirrorless cameras are kind of the new SLR. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a ton of really great mirrorless cameras out there. I got a Leica Q2 recently. Um, they have a Q3 that just came out. Um, it's a beautiful. They're beautiful cameras. Um, there are there are you know a bunch of a Nikon I think has a new mirrorless. There, there, I just there think is there's a still a lot of people who probably want to take pictures on a camera, camera as opposed to just on their phone. It, you know, it's a it's a different modality. Like yeah. it actually like there's an intention, sort of an intentionality to taking a picture with a real camera yeah. that feels different. Um, like I. Like I do still use my my phone for some for some pictures, but once I bought the camera, I kind of took pictures differently and kind of I, I'll go out on on photography trips and I'll just go take pictures with the camera in a way that I never would with the phone. Yeah, I mean, so, I love the convenience of having a great camera in my phone, but I also think that it's, you know, a positive step to be able to get, uh, you know, newer, better cameras that Mm-hmm. You can change the lenses or, you know, have, you know, more functionality that way uh, for special projects. Tom, we're going to come back and talk in the next hour about uh, some other fun stuff. So stay with us. And I hope that uh, those of you who have enjoyed this hour will hang around because we have another great hour ahead. Stay with us here on the GBC Happy Hour. I bet you didn't know professional shows could use the F word. Well, it depends on which ones you're talking about. On the Gay BC Happy Hour, we roll with the times. For instance, Johnny loves fantastic, far out, and even an occasional fuck. Richie, he's okay with fella, fuddy-duddy, and occasionally fist, depending on what you do with it. But they both draw the line at fag, because in fact, God does love fags. And Fred Phelps found out when he got to hell. Here are your F-bombs, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac. <laughs> hello, hello. Welcome back to the happy hour. Yes, welcome back. And by the way, uh, we know that many of you are thinking about coming uh, in a few weeks to the area where we are headquartered on the West Coast, Palm Springs, for the annual LGBTQ Pride events that will be happening here the first weekend in November. And I just wanted to share with you um, that our friend Ron DeHart, who is the head of Palm Springs Pride, he's also on the city council in Palm Springs, that uh, Ron announced uh, earlier uh, this week that in addition to their already announced uh, pretty great lineup of entertainers who are headlined uh, by Adina Menzel, that this year's festival is also going to include now the iconic 10,000 Maniacs and the legendary Lisa Lisa as part of their music celebration. And so just wanted to let you know that if you are going to be coming out here, please let us know. Send us a note to feedback at gbchappyhour.com because we're having a GBC Happy Hour pool party. We are. We are. We are. 
And um, I have to say, um, this is very exciting news because um, I must say, uh, back when it came out, the um, 10,000 Maniacs Unplugged album, I burned through that disc with my <laughs> disc man. I swear, I I literally wore it out. Like you think that that CDs are are like you know sort of unbreakable. I wore through that disc. I love them, and I really am excited about that. So, yeah, yeah, we're gonna have a good time here. And I think we're we're gonna pivot from tech talk to a little bit of entertainment uh, news. And there's a bunch of really interesting LGBTQ and other uh, media uh, movies and TV shows and stuff that are out or about to come out. And um, t- Tom happens to be um, one of the preeminent scholars uh, of the LGBTQ movie scene so we thought we would uh hear it straight from the horse's mouth i'm not sure i would be considered a scholar more like the kid in the corner with a dunce cap on but, <laughs> oh come on now. but i but i do know a lot about queer film That's you can't be as close as you are to jenny olsen and not be uh, she's, at she's, least a scholar or emeritus yes i have her on speed dial um <laughs> so you know there's never been a better time for queer film i have been watching this space since I was a baby gay in the closet in 1981 trying to rent VHSs from a specialty video place in the city and you know there wasn't a lot of selection the first thing I ever saw was um, Boys in the Band (laughs) and afterwards I was like is this all there is is it gonna be this terrible Um, but (laughs) I now understood I now understand that work in context there you are. Uh, but it turns out right now the streamers always have something good and there's still stuff coming out in the movie theaters. They don't stay very long if they're indie queer films. Um, but let me, let's me let just talk about quickly the mainstream films, queer films that have come out recently. So, um, for example, Bros. And it was a comedy with Billy Eichner uh, meeting Luke McFarland, who's a dreamy man indeed. Uh, and it did no box office. I'm not quite sure, but it's a pretty good movie. Uh, but I'd recommend you watch it on streaming if you never have. It's called B-R-O-S period uh, with Billy Eichner and Luke McFarland. And it's basically your typical romantic comedy, uh, but raunchy. Um, yeah, I didn't particularly like it. I mean, it was okay, but, you know, like I went and saw it in the theater and was like, well, there's 16 bucks I'm never going to see again. <laughs> I haven't seen I, it, so I shouldn't say it's good. I, I, so here's my thought on Bros. Is that I, I actually had high expectations because I think Billy Eichner, like his Billy on the Street kind of thing, is really interesting, mm-hmm. um, and funny and, and like kind of like exuberant. The movie to me, Bros. Um, I, I really wanted to like it, but um, you know, and I'm such a sucker for rom coms. I love a rom com, but I think it was trying to, it tried to to do too much it was trying to appeal i think to it was trying to be mainstream but also trying to appeal to its sort of core lgbtq audience and i think it kind of it it sort of was trying to serve too many masters ultimately like i think it's worth watching i definitely think everyone should watch bros and form an opinion about it because there are moments that are cute about it and and luke mcfarland is i mean he's just worth like 
literally just looking at him existing. No, no of <laughs> but, course. Um, so next one is uh, this this year, this very recently in the fall is something called Bottoms, and it's nothing like what the suge- <laughs> what the title suggests. It's uh, it's about two lesbian girls who are not getting any dates in high school, so they form a lesbian. Sorry, they form a girls' fight club to toughen up and to be able to stand up to the football players. And one of the football players is plays played by Red Hot and Royal Blues Dream Boy Nicholas Galatine as a total goofball. Even though he's British, he has a perfect American accent, and he's a total idiot in the film. And it's it's very funny and it's completely politically incorrect. So I really enjoyed that. Now in this series of bros. And bottoms, what's next? There's something called Dicks, the musical, and it's about these <laughs> two. It's about these two uh, business people who find out that they're identical twins, and then they decide that they're going to try to get their parents who have divorced back together. And the parents are played by Nicholas, sorry, by by Nathan Lane and M- Megan Mullally. And oh it, my God! It, it has great promise. We hope to see <gasps> it, but that's another one of the mainstream ones coming. Let's talk about indie stuff uh, for a second. I think a lot of the greatest things you can see about queer lives are done by on a small budget by committed filmmakers who don't really pay themselves, or they pay themselves just a little bit. Um, so the first one I want to mention is based on a uh, novel by Ben Science, who's a professor of uh, English at the University of Texas uh, at all, in uh, El Paso and he wrote a book called Aristotle and Dante Discover the Secrets of the Universe and mm-hmm. like as soon as I saw that title I wanted to read the book but I consider it one of the, my favorite pieces of YA queer literature ever I've read a lot and I really I really think it's great so that's been made into a movie it's directed by a transgender director which uh, which is uh, she's amazing uh, and I was kind of disappointed because I was like I hope they don't fuck this up. I hope they don't screw this up. I care so much about this property. But all the reviews coming out of the film festivals where it was shown first, especially Toronto where it debuted, Mm -hmm. were middling to negative. Oh, wow. And I was like, damn it. So a couple weeks, about a month ago, they released it in select theaters in the United States. And the notices were incredibly complimentary uh, they're like 85 percent tomatoes just to give you kind of a reference point mm-hmm. and th- this is a story about two uh lat uh, latino uh, so mexican-american teens growing up in el paso uh one has plenty of money the other one not so much and they meet at the uh pool where one of them knows how to swim and the other one doesn't and the one who knows offers to teach him and that begins their relationship and it is a slow burn in this film. Yeah. They do not get together right away uh, by any stretch of imagination. And, uh, and then the, the central conflict is that one of them, the one who can swim, Dante, he loves himself and he's open to the world and he he's, you know, loves his parents and gets along really well. Whereas Ari, who's Aristotle, but Ari is all closed up inside and he doesn't mm. know what he's feeling. He doesn't even know that he's in love until the very last minute. And 
It's such a great film. And it stars a new actor named Max Palayo, who's also from El Paso, his first movie role. And mm. he, he does an incredible job. I think that he has a, you know, at least a shot at being a successful actor. It's, of course, harder because you're Latino, but he's, you know, and anyway, I thought he was really good. Basically, most of the movie, he's brooding and looking angry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but there's lots of layers be- beneath that. And so Aristotle and Dante discovered the secrets of the universe. They have not announced on what platform it's going to be streaming, but I will be streaming it a lot more once that once it comes out. And I was delighted. I was so happy it was good because <laughs> I was I was just crushed uh, at the reviews on you know from the festivals. Yeah. Okay. It sounds a, it sounds a little like um, in terms of like the the dynamic. It sounds a little bit like and. Um, like beautiful thing in a way is that at all sort of an apt comparison or i think that's fair i think they realized that they liked each other a little bit earlier in the process got it but but the working class it they're not neither of the families is as poor as the folks in the english equivalent of the projects um but it but it does have that kind of un- improbable, mm-hmm. uh, improbable kids meeting and falling for each other uh, aspect. And I kind of spoiled it uh, by saying that they get together. But duh, <laughs> that's, what <the> mo- <laughs> that's what the movie's called. So right. I want to tell you about my absolute favorite new queer film. And it's called Glitter and Doom. And it was directed by... Tom Gustafson, who directed a film that I really like. It's a musical called uh, We're the World Mine, and it's based on um, Midsummer Night's Dream. And it's a, it's a movie about where a guy in his town can squirt a little liquid in anyone's face, and all of a sudden they're queer. <laughs> a- and what all, kind of liquid? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And so it, it's, it's, it's really clever, and it's like way trying too hard, and it's also way... His first movie, but I think it's delightful. And little fun fact, uh, stars Zelda Williams, who's Robin Williams' daughter, and Robin helped finance the movie. Okay, so that's Tom Gustafson. Let's go back to his new movie, which is called Glitter and Doom. So Glitter and Doom is the story of two guys in, I think it's L.A., I think it's L.A., um, who meet, and one of them is a rocker. He's poor. He has talent. He has a beautiful voice, but he's come from a terrible background and he has terrible self-esteem um the other one is uh and he's he's white and the other one is an asian american uh character who's grown up with a mom with a trust fund and he's not really rich but the mom is really really rich and they, and he's a free spirit. He wants to go to the circus, circus school. He wants to go to study in France and go to the circus school. And they meet together. And the the rocking guy, remember, he's he's the brooding, angry. <laughs> I won't. Nobody can help me. I won't let anyone help me. Um, but it turns out this guy can sing. Like he was in a rock band in England before he came to be in this movie. And it's beautiful. But I haven't told you the secret punchline of the whole pitch, okay? All the songs, whether sung or played incidentally in the film, are from the Indigo Girls catalog. 
Hmm. Oh wow! And so it's and they're reorchestrated and you know hmm. mixed a little bit differently and stuff, but it's unbelievably great. And uh, the Indigo Girls are both in the they're, they're in the movie and they have parts. They actually uh, play parts, but it also has like uh, you know cameos from tons of people that we know, like Tignataro and Leah Delaria and um, oh, wow and others and. It's delightful. And for once, it seems like they had enough money to make the movie because the costumes are good, the decor, you know, (laughs) you you can always tell a low budget movie by how many people are in the high school dance. If it's like 10. Right. Right. (laughs) Right. And also are the costumes and the set design good? Um, And, you know, there's a really good question about is, you know, are they? Um, I'm just going to touch really quickly on, unless you guys have questions right now. Well, I do have a question because I, I, I seem to recall um, seeing a trailer. Does Todd Haynes have a new movie coming out? I feel like he, like, I saw something. I like, vaguely remember, but I have no idea. Yeah, just because I'm such a fan of his. Um, and I think I remember seeing a trailer about a movie of his coming out, but I wasn't sure if you had come across that or not. But um, Let's see. You, you guys know what? Oh yeah, it's called May December, and uh, it's and I think it's uh, two actors playing the same character at different times. And what's yeah? It's not. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but it's definitely definitely coming. Uh, you know, you know, you know the the quintessential Todd Haynes story, right? So when he was trying to get his start, this is of interest to all. When he's trying to get a start <laughs> in Hollywood, nobody would pay attention to him. So he decided he would make this movie called Superstar. Mm-hmm. And it was the story of the Carpenters told with Barbie dolls. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he got sued. They just said, you can't use the music. And for her anorexia, they whittled the doll's yeah. right. arms with, <laughs> with folding compact You know, knives. it's so weird. I was just thinking and about that film today because I, I was actually watching a... Um, a video that they shot in the studio with the Carpenters doing one of their medleys of hits, and uh, it still bums me to this day that she's that she was gone so soon. She had such a beautiful voice. Well, and the thing is, I mean, I I find it, I love the Carpenters. I find it very hard to watch videos of the Carpenters um, because because she was so obviously dealing with. Um, with an eating disorder, obviously. Um, but the movie, as I saw Superstar when I was in film school um, in undergrad, you know, it was like one of these, you know, the, a professor had like a VHS tape of it or whatever. Um, and we watched it and, you know, it was it was done with Barbies. And you know, like you said, the Barbie was whittled away with a exacto knife and stuff. But Todd Haynes was able to make it completely devastatingly real. The emotional reality of the story, it was not funny at all. It wasn't a joke. It was devastating. And it was amazing. It was. And indeed, I own a copy of that VHS. Um, Stay with us. We're going to continue with Tom Riley, and we'll talk more about entertainment options for you in this holiday shopping season that we're about to head into this is the gbc happy hour with richie roy i'm johnny mack 
The Gay BC Happy Hour continues with or without pumpkin spice. Your taste, your show, and your humble hosts, Richie Roy and Johnny Mac. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're talking about uh, about movies and TV shows uh, that are fun, that are upcoming, or are just recently out, or are worth paying attention to. And I've got lots of them. <laughs> um, so John knows, Richie knows, that I have a real sweet spot for a high school uh, drama that takes place, a romance that takes place in England, outside of London, about an hour or so, between uh, two kids. One's the one who's, got, who's out openly gay and has gotten bullied for a year, uh, is sat next to the rugby star in homeroom and it's like immediate sparks the only problem is is the rugby player has no concept of his sexual orientation other than straight (laughs) at the beginning and some people say it's not dirty enough there's not enough sex there's not they deliberately developed it with a purpose which is so that they could market it to kids 11 and up so the kids who normally are left behind by queer people are like queer stuff like oh it's 18 and over it actually matters on a streaming service and this is on Netflix anyway Heartstopper season one was a year ago Heartstopper suit two just concluded they're now literally as we speak uh, filming Heartstopper three and I feel bad because I've seen pictures from the set and there's people in bathing suits going into the water in October in England <laughs> and they, mm. have to pre- they have to pretend that it's summer wow but they come out and you know get bundled up pretty fast maybe they get yeah the lake heated or something but you know it's worth mentioning because you know things like heartstopper and stuff you know we talk on this show a lot about um about book bands and stuff like that is that it's important like shows you know that that represent you know young adult stuff and stuff um that's lgbtq sort of youth um identified is important because you know there there's this now this this kind of backlash that's talking about grooming and it's not about grooming it's about visibility it's about the fact that gay youth exist and showing that gay youth exist and actually can be happy is super important it's a matter of fact heartstopper itself is one of the banned books it there is one there's one god knows where it is some small town in america where the Heartstopper series was banned and it was the only book that was banned because mm. they said it was riddled with sex and drugs and believe me, I've read all the books and there's <laughs> literally no sex and drugs. Must be Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah, seriously. Th- th- but there, this has happened n- numerous times, usually Heartstoppers with another nine or ten books at the same time. But this this story is really important because it shows young people as having happy gay relationships and lesbian relationships and trans relationships in a and multiple races everyone's happy and it they're just it, you know most gay stuff most gay movies have at least dark parts if not are dark themselves and there's a famous uh, montage in the documentary which everybody here should watch called The Celluloid Closet a montage of um gay people getting killed in the end of a film like in, in, in the 60s and 70s if you were queer you had to die 
and that nobody gets harmed in Heartstopper, and that's why it's so powerful. It's so powerful, and it's the other reason why it's powerful is the first uh, two weeks it was in uh, 400 million hours around the world viewing, and mm-hmm. uh, it's it has rabid fan clubs all over the world. The one in Brazil is particularly insane. So anyway, watch watch uh, watch Heartstopper, and the graphic novels on which it is based are just beautiful, you know, comic-based uh, books. And number five is coming out before the end of the year. So that's my my pitch on Heartstopper. But I've got another one that I really like. This one's just a TV movie on Amazon Prime, and Richie, I bet you'll have something to say about it. And this is based on Casey, oh, forget her last name. Uh, I'll get it in a second. Uh, this incredibly comic rom- rom-com book that's hilarious. It's so funny. And it took me a couple of tries to actually pay attention. But once I did, I was like shrieking at home. Um, and it's called Red Hot and Royal Blue. And it's the story of the son of the president of the United States falls in love with the Prince of England. And that is an awesome premise for a rom-com, right? It's, it's glamorous. There's lots of exciting locations. And so they wanted to make it into a movie. And who did they hire? They had hired Matthew Lopez, a full first time film director, but he was the director of the inheritance, the, the show on Broadway, uh, to, so like allegedly the sequel to angels in America or, or the, successor to angels of america it's good i didn't love it as that much but anyway he he hired two people that i think are very talented actors one of whom i knew and one of whom i didn't and one, one of them is uh, nicholas galatine who i mentioned before uh who's this english actor who on the one hand looks gorgeous and on the other hand if he's photographed badly it looks like he has a horse face but <laughs> don't but, most people from britain yeah I'm sorry but but anyway but i would say i would say overall He's is stunning, really good actor too, and he can do any accent, including royalty, which he does. And then mm-hmm. the other actor had been on a series called The Minx in the United States, and had been fully nude except for a prosthetic penis that made him look fully nude, <laughs> but he wasn't mm-hmm. fully nude. His name is uh, Taylor Zakar Perez, so he's part Arab and he's part uh, Latino, and he is all gorgeous. He's a body. Mm-hmm like a body that won't quit, but he can actually act and he has charisma for days, like unbelievable. And uh, anyway, this movie came out on Amazon Prime and it was their most watched movie for the first week and the second week. And that shows you what hunger there is for great queer content. Yeah. Well, thank you for talking uh, about all these entertainment options. Uh, We have so many more that we could be talking about. I can think of a few I wanted to... uh, share as well but we will in upcoming shows if you haven't uh, seen Elite I think you should check that out on Netscape or Netscape on Netflix (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure that somebody appreciates the old reference Um, but yes on uh, Netflix stay with us we're going to continue and as we do we'll be talking about some other recommendations other products and services coming up in our seal of approval or disapproval You make the choice.
Health. The Gay BC Radio Network presents the weekly public service. The Gay BC Happy Hour Seal of Approval. Does it fly or does it die? Products, services, and customer service that will turn you on or turn you off. Does the cup runneth over or has the well gone dry? Richie and Johnny, take it away. Welcome back, everyone. And yes, we are in the seal of approval or the uh, the hall of demerits. <laughs> well, you know where I usually sit, but I'm trying to find my <laughs> cup half, half full. <laughs> so I have I have a, a recommendation this week. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, I... Uh, I'm I'm on a little bit of a cooking spree right now. I must admit, and really? I, also I had no been... idea. <laughs> Go ahead. What was that? I had no idea. <laughs> but yes, I'm a little bit I'm a little bit infatuated with with the kitchen and specifically vegan and vegetarian cookery at the moment. But um, so I uh, found out uh, actually through an interview that was on New York Magazine with someone. Um, and they mentioned a website called eatyourbooks.com. And it's really interesting. So what you do is you sign up for Eat Your Books and um, you can do it for free and you can put in up to five cookbooks or you can sign up for a subscription and put in as many as you want. And what you do is you put in all the cookbooks that you own, that you actually have at home. And uh, they have indexed all of the cookbooks that you know, and so what you can do is, let's say you type in the word eggplant or pasta or whatever, it will show you within your cookbooks all of the recipes that that feature that ingredient or that keyword and the page that it's on in that cookbook. So let's say you have a hundred cookbooks and you want to search, you know, um, kale. It'll say, oh, well, in this cook- cookbook, there's a recipe for roasted kale on page 315. In this other cookbook, there's a recipe for sautéed kale on page 187. And um, I just think it's such an it's such an interesting thing because, you know, for me, a lot of times I have these cookbooks that I like to look at for fun, but I'll just go to the New York Times cooking website because it's easy to search things. So this kind of gives a new life to cookbooks and makes it so that they're actually a lot more usable than they are sort of in their, you know, sort of physical realm. So eat your books. I'm pretty excited about it. Nice. Is that the only recommendation you have this week? Oh, I mean, <laughs> um, let's see. Um, that's the that's the main one. I mean, uh, you know, I've been again. I'm so focused. I will actually. I will throw out another um, a recommendation, which is in the food realm again. I'm so food focused right now. I, I get on kicks, you know. Um, but um, <clears throat> I cooked. You know, I had a long weekend um, this week. I had Monday off from work, and uh, so I had a little time to cook some more involved recipes than I normally do. And Yotam Odalenghi's book, Flavor, which is a, a vegetarian cookbook, um, his recipes are extremely involved and have a lot of ingredients. But I cooked a few things from it, and the uh, they're some of the best things I've eaten in recent memory. Um, I would really recommend 
you know, he also does. Um, he has some recipes on New York Times cooking. He, I think, he has a, a, a column in the Guardian sometimes. Search out Yotam Odalengi. He's an Israeli gay chef, um, and has a lot of really fascinating uh, recipes that have you know interesting ingredients and are really complicated. So, I would say check out Yotam Odalengi's cookbooks if you haven't yet. Nice. And how about you, Tom? I know you've been talking about uh, the technology stuff and, and film and video and streaming that you like. Uh, what about other products and or services that you think are exceptional that people should, you know, that you really put your Tom Riley seal of approval on? Well, one thing is I think everybody should get a good pair of sheets. I know that sounds silly, but... A really great pair of seats, a really good set of seat sheets and uh, the pillowcases that go with it will help you do a good night, uh, great night of sleep, and I think are well worth it because if you get good ones, they'll last for a long time too. I have sheets that I've had for years and years and last. And um, I'm not going to try to tell you the names mm-hmm. of the sheet sets, but I would look on Amazon or just Google best best sheet so so this is such a this is you are you are so right about this and i actually am obsessed with this topic i love sheets um (laughs) and um i have to say um wire cutter has a really good um a really good roundup of sheets that are great um wire cutter which is a new york times um owned sort of consumer reports type thing, but they are not wrong. I've tried multiple sheets that they've recommended. Um, specifically, L.L. Bean's percale sheets are fantastic. Um, they're super crisp. They're super long lasting. Um, they have some good recommendations for linen sheets, which I think if you've not tried linen sheets, they're expensive, but they are fantastic. They, they blow cotton sheets out of the water. They are they are cool in the summer, warm in the winter. They they rumple up quite easily, but they look. I mean, the look is not really what's important. The feel is what's great, and they feel fantastic. And then there's sateen and flannel sheets too. I mean, I agree with you, uh, Tom, that sheets are worth paying more attention to than they are normally given attention to. And so. I would check out L.O. Bean Percale Sheets as a sort of a basic. Have either of you tried Bowen Branch? I hear all these advertisements for them and how uh, several U.S. presidents have had Bowen Branch sheets and that they're supposedly uh, these really fine uh, high thread count sheets, but I don't know anybody who's actually bought them. I I mean, I'd have to call the Obamas and find out what they think. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not familiar with those. Sheets, but I, I, I agree um, if you go to Wirecutter um, on the New York Times site, I think you can look at some content without having a subscription. Um, they do have the Ella Bean Percali sheets that you mentioned. They're 169 for a set, so that might be expensive for some people. But JCPenney also has this uh, sateen sheet set for 70 bucks, and I've owned those before. And they're pretty good for $70. They're, they're pretty good, and they come in lots of beautiful colors so definitely yeah. uh, Richie's right go to Wirecutter and search on their sheets and learn all about all the ones before you make a decision so the analog of that of course is towels I'm obsessed with towels I, I bet I bet I'll bet anything that Richie's also obsessed with towels and uh, 
they they recommend the front front gate resort collection bath towel. They're thirty three bucks, which is a lot. I used to go to Bath and Beyond and sort of get you know they would have like the good, better, best layout on the wall, mm-hmm. and I probably would buy the one in the middle. But uh, I guess they still exist, sort of. Uh, anyway, I I don't think you have to spend uh, thirty three dollars to get a good sheet, but I do think that having at least one or two sheets that when you get out of the shower in the morning that make you feel absolutely great is well worth it. Now, you, Richie, I bet you might agree with me. I totally agree with you about towels. And I actually, I have, it's funny because I I have the front gate sheets. I obviously, I bought them because Wirecutter recommended them and I use them every day. And they are, they're luxurious. They're, they're thick and plush. But sometimes I actually, I have some really cheapo uh, towels and I don't even know where, like they're, you know, they're from, yeah, J.C. Penney or Sears or something, and they're they're kind of thinner. And I love them though because sometimes a thick pile type of towel, um, it feels cold on you because I don't know, it, it grabs the water in a certain way. Whereas a cheap sh- towel can sometimes feel a little bit drier. And so, like, I actually really like. I love a cheap towel. I think sometimes a cheap towel is just the way to go. <laughs> That's not all. And in, yeah. <laughs> um, so I, I say try out different things. There's also Turkish towels, which um, are kind of like coming in vogue a little bit. They're a very thin. They're a different weave. They're not a terry cloth towel, and they're very thin and they are lightweight and they actually do a great job of grabbing water and they dry out very quickly. So look into Turkish towels as well. That's kind of a new thing that's really come on the scene in the past couple of years for towels. I I have a great uh, segue from that too, uh, because I do want to remind people that they can get access to all of our uh, GBC happy hour merch from the gbchappyhour.com website. You can click from there into our cafe press shop. And we have a couple of items that for you towel lovers that you maybe want to think about. We have these really great beach towels, but we also have these tea towels, which make excellent cum rigs. And so those are (laughs) available right now um, at the gbchappyhour.com website. Click on the link down below uh, on the picture of all the merchandise. Uh, and it will take you into our shop, and you can order that baseball caps and other goodies uh, that have our logo on it. Um, and I wanted to get one in. Actually, I'm going to do something that's very uncharacteristic for me in this segment. I'm going to share a recommendation with you guys tonight. Um, and that is uh, there are a lot of people among us who use pharmacies. And I think a lot of us learned how frustrating working with pharmacies could be during the pandemic because who knows what hours they were going to be open and how long it was going to take them to fill prescriptions and how many, you know, people back you'd be in these lines or cars back if you're going through a drive through at the, at the uh, pharmacy. And I got so frustrated during the pandemic with Walgreens. I still occasionally have them fill a little thing here or there, but I came across a service that to me, especially if you take more than one medication in a day um, or have to take medications at different times of the day, um, that really is fantastic. And that is the pill pack service from Amazon. 
Uh, it's separate from Amazon Pharmacy. I mean, they kind of run together, but it's a separate division. And what they do is they put your pills in a pack that has the date and the time that you're supposed to take them each day. And, and they come in a roll in a box. And so if I'm traveling, for instance, rather than having to take a handful of pill bottles with me, I just take the packets for those dates with me. And I have all my pills that are already put together in a packet for the right time at the right, you know, uh, you know, with the right combinations of them. And it's not a pain in the ass to travel with or to set up to go. And you don't have to fill one of those, you know, pill uh, cape, uh, uh, boxes boxes uh, that they'll sell you, you know, with the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, etc. Um, and I have to say that the best part of the service of all is the customer service. Um, uh, Amazon really did themselves right in getting uh, U.S.-based customer service that is um, people who really are polite and have good customer service skills uh, to help you deal with any issues you may have and working with your doctors or whatever. So if you are somebody who, uh, like myself, has multiple uh, prescription drugs that you take in a day or a week, um, it is a great uh, resource uh, to find, and you can uh, look them up online at Amazon or Pill PillPack P I L L P A C K by Amazon. So that's can, my recommendation. Can Can I ask you a question about that? Yeah. So I want to do that. It sounds really great, and I do take more than one between vitamins and supplements. I take more than one every day. Um, what if you need to get a prescription filled in an emergency? I I do. They will do that. But because usually you need it like that day, I still take those to a local pharmacy to have filled. And they're, okay. Yeah. Okay. I guess I should try it and see what it's like. I do put the things in the pill boxes because I... Yeah. Unfortunately, it's only um, for prescription medications. So if you have, uh, if you're taking supplements and things like that, they don't do it with that. Got it. Unless they are prescribable. So, like, I take a high-dosage vitamin D2 uh, each week, and it's it's in my pack with that, but it's because it's such a dosage that the doctor has to f prescribe it. Oh, are they clever enough to do different day different stuff on different days? Uh, yes. So, if you have stuff in a prescription, like, I take that, that vitamin on Saturdays uh, because it's 50,000 units, and so uh, it's only in my Saturday pack. I got to check that out. I, I, as long as I feel like I can get a prescription filled in an emergency, I mean, that's so. Yeah, you, know, you can see, still always go to any other pharmacy. Yeah. So. I mean, to me, that's genius because um, I, you know, I, I have multiple kind of uh, daily medications that I take and um, I forget them sometimes. And I tried using one of those little Monday, Tuesday things, and the cats knock it and have knocked it off the counter, and the, the pills are all over the ground. Yeah. So this might be the answer. Yep. Uh, unfortunately, I have to stop using it because I'm going to a different service. Um, but I love it, and I highly recommend it to anybody. So, all right. We're going to continue, and Richie is going to go and don his little French-made outfit. I'm sorry. I meant uh, bartender uh, <laughs> apron. And we're going to meet you back in the mixology department uh, when we come back to wrap up this edition of the GBC Happy Hour. Our special guest today is Tom Riley. I'm Johnny Mack with Richie Roy.
mixologist Richie Roy and his ice cube handler Johnny Mac present the latest lessons from the Gay BC Happy Hour School of Mixology. As they say at Gay BC, bottoms up. <laughs> hello, hello. Whose bottom and, uh, is up tonight? Yes, what bottoms are up tonight? Um, so... So this week, I so I made a dish, um, again, going back to what I mentioned earlier, I, I made a Yotam Odalengi dish this week that was... Um, Spell that. Roast... And oh, then say gosh. it three times quick. Yes. Um, that was uh, roasted carrots with chamoy. And it got me thinking about chamoy. So chamoy is this really wonderful Mexican condiment. Um, it's, uh, it's tangy, sour, sweet spicy all at the same time it's really wow. interesting um and it's a liquid it's and and the, this recipe you made your own chamoy which because he's yotamotolengi you make your own everything but you can buy it at latin uh supermarkets or latin markets um you know it's sort of pre-made and it's really really delicious i have to take um, you next door almost, when you're when you're here because um, we have a place out here called Gardenias, and it's uh-huh. uh, it's a supermarket, but it's a Mexican supermarket. Oh, I'm sure they'll have chamoy. Yeah, yeah. and so I've, I'm kind of on a chamoy moment right now, and so I was thinking about drinks with chamoy, and so I looked into this, and um, and actually the drink that came up is one that is readily delicious whether you add alcohol or not, and it is. Um, it's called like a mango Rita. Mm. And what it is is I already um, like it. You blend up frozen mango, mango nectar, ice, lime juice, tequila, and triple sec in a blender. Uh, and so you basically make a mango smoothie, a boozy mango smoothie. And then you you take chamoy, the chamoy liquid, and you drizzle it around the sides of the glass. And you also you put you you sort of uh, do the rim with chamoy, and you can also put tahin, which is a sort of spicy, uh, kind of um, salty, spicy thing on the rim. Yeah, and it's and I've had a I've had a, a non-alcoholic version of this, basically a mango smoothie with with chamoy syrup uh, in it, and it is so delicious. And it's not something you know because it's frozen mango and all that. It's it's not seasonal. You can make it any time of the year, and you basically it's like it's like going on vacation, you know, at the drop of a hat. So I think, uh, I think that the mango Rita with the chamoy syrup is the drink that I'm kind of thinking about this week. Hmm, that sounds really yummy. Be prepared to make yeah. that while you're here. I will. Okay, good. Yeah, that sounds uh, very tasty, and I'm sure that if you leave the uh, if you were to leave the tequila out of it, um, that you've got a decent mocktail as well. Oh, I mean, I've had that's I haven't made I haven't made it with the booze. I've only had it as the sort of the non-alcoholic version. Yeah, and it is completely delicious. Um, and I, I just think with the booze, it would, you know, be more, you know, obviously convivial. <laughs> but um, I think flavor-wise, um, you know, the mango and the chamoy and all that stuff is so intense. I think that the the, the booze kind of is going to play second fiddle to any of that. So, sure. yeah, it's a great non-alcoholic drink. And, chamoy, you know, 
go I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, I just say chamoy sounds like something that Michael Jackson would uh, say while he was doing some kind of one of his pop songs. A man in the mirror is filled with such utterances. <laughs> chamoy, chamoy. Right. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. It's it's really and, and the thing that's interesting too about chamoy is um it's made out of um it's actually very uh, you know I was looking into the the where it came from and it actually came from sort of asian immigrants to mexico and it's the basis is similar to umeboshi plums in japan you know because in japan they they take plums and they they um these little tiny plums and cure them in salt and they're these very salty funky delicious uh, fermented plums that, you know, you'll have, let's say, in an onigiri. Um, but uh, that is sort of a similar, it's it's in the same vein as the chamoy. So it's also kind of like, it's like a fun little sort of piece of food anthropology as well. You know, we've had a lot of people who have, not, I don't want to say a lot of people, but we've had some people who have written and said, that they don't like it when we start to talk too much politics and they like us to keep it on the lighter side. And I, I just want to acknowledge them that tonight you've gotten a, a no politics show in a week that the world cannot even begin to understand. And so uh, we felt that it was better not to talk about any of the horrors of the world this week than to get into any of them uh, and to stay on something that was focused like this. Um, it's fun to get a chance to talk about what to make in the uh, beverage department with our mixology report. And uh, Rishi, I think maybe next week we should come up with a handful of spooky drinks for people who are thinking about having a, holly, or a, a Halloween party uh, here in a couple of weeks at the end of the month. Oh, 100%. And, and just, you know, for those of you who are thinking about this, look into getting lychees immediately because if you're making a spooky drink you need to have lychees i mean they're eyeballs you mean you know, eyeballs the, yes <laughs> so yeah a le a lychee lychee nuts in a drink are, is going to be essential for your spooky season for sure and maybe something that is like um uh dry ice you know so you've got some spooky steam coming off of your beverage Ooh, yes i love that you know yeah um but yeah i mean i i'm imagining just like even like something really simple like a like a like a seltzer like you know sort of a seltzer based drink maybe with like some roses lime and then some lychees you know floating in it like eyeballs mm. i mean how spooky is that yeah for sure and who knows what kind of witch's brew I'm gonna I'm gonna whip up. I are we um, actually what night of the year is is Halloween this year? Thirty first. Yeah. Uh, no, I know oh, the I date. Know. I'm just wondering what the day, day of the, the week. week. You didn't say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it's usually the thirty first. Uh, let's see. This year it's going to fall on a Tuesday. Oh. So Ooh, yikes. our last show uh, will be um, actually in two weeks from now before uh, before we actually have the holiday. So on the 26th, we'll be live. That edition, our live edition, uh, will definitely have to 
I don't know, maybe we should come prepared to do the show in uh, Halloween garb, you know, dress up in, in costumes, and we should have uh, a lot of our friends who are listeners submit pictures to feedback at gbchappyhour.com of them with, you know, being dressed up as they're going to be for Halloween this year. And we could have a little Halloween costume contest and maybe give away a couple of GBC Happy Hour t-shirts. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. Yes. So, Tom, it's been fun as always to have you here. And um, you mentioned, of course, how important your health is to you. And uh, I went to the doctors this week, and I hadn't been there in uh, about a week and a half, a little over a week and a half. And when I went in today, I was blown away to step on the scale and find out that I was down nine pounds since I was in the doctor's office a week and a half ago or, you know, 11 days ago. And so, um, as you know, because of games that my insurance company is playing with me, I have not yet been able to go onto the onto the uh, resource that you used to assist you with all of the stuff that you were already doing in the gym and with diet and all that. Um, but I'm going to be uh, transitioning to that because of a change in my healthcare uh, stuff this next month. And um, so I'd love to have you come back as I start to get into that so that we can talk about it from the standpoint. You have had a very successful experience of losing 100 plus pounds over the past year. And and as I begin my own journey in, in trying to work on those issues again, uh, it will be nice to talk to somebody who's been there and had, had the experiences with it. Believe it or not, I've become sort of an evangelist. I have lots of people calling who've seen my success or uh, seen my work anyway and said, can you talk to me about how to do it for me? And yeah. It's great. It's fun for me. I love talking about it. It always helps when you uh, have a close friend who has succeeded doing that, and how, how, and it looks like you're having no issue keeping it off and staying the course. I'm not, and there's a, there are reasons for all that we can talk about another time. But um, the biggest nightmare of mine was when I stopped this treatment. Would I uh, gain all the weight back immediately? Yeah, and the there's a more nuanced answer to that question. But thank goodness. Honestly, my issue is keeping weight on a little bit. So. Well, good. I look forward to our having uh, our next visit with you, and hopefully we'll be able to do that um, uh, sometime during this upcoming holiday season. Thanks for coming in and sharing all that you have today. Thanks, Richie. Yeah, thank you. It's been so fun, and we'll do this again soon. We hope that you have a great week and that you will be back with us as we're live again this coming uh, Thursday. Uh, I hope you'll be able to be with us at that time on the 19th of October. And for my dear friend, Richie Roy, I'm Johnny Mack, and may your shadow fall in pleasant places. Have a great week. Mm -hmm.